Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. And then you jump on it. So whenever you're ready. All right. Good evening, everybody. Podcast 8, live from Studio 308 in Westbrook. Uh, we're here at Dynamax, and we are about six days off from our 14th push-pull. It was a big success, wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah, I had a good time. In- including yourself. Had some nice lifts. Yeah, it's a pretty good lift. Well I done, was, bud. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. A little... A little disappointed on my bench, but I can't be mad about the deadlift. I wouldn't be disappointed if I were you. I thought you lifted what I call smart. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I I, and I saw a lot of what I call smart lifting that day. Yeah. I got to say that the vibe yeah. from the push-pull was really good. Like, there was no conflict with anyone. It seemed like everybody was having a good time. I had a great time. Like, I, I left that meet really happy. Yeah, and I was happy because I was hoping for, like, 15 lifters, and we had technically 23. Right. But so that that was awesome. There was a lot of a lot of first timers there. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, shout out to Sloth getting that five hundred pound bench nice that he's bench. been working for. Yep. He also got a, a he PR'd his uh, deadlift. His as well. deadlift, I think, was a PR. And uh, there'll be a nice write up on the web page probably in the next day or two. Okay. Awesome. Lifter by lifter. Oh really? Yep. Wow, that's sweet. So today's a special episode. We yes, got a guest is. in the house. The Power Doc, Travis Dyer. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks for waiting. Um, you drove down from New Gloucester yeah. to come here from he's been your. The, he's been in the green room for like two hours. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Doing makeup, getting ready. Yeah. Yep. Makeup, sound check, outfit, everything you got to everything you got to do to be uh, on the. Got to be presentable. Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, first and foremost, your power lifter, yep. uh, six seventy squat. I think I gave you a little fluff on the last one. I think yeah, I, I appreciated <laughs> that though. <laughs> of course, remind me for over four hundred bench. Yep, yep. And uh, deadlifts. The goal is seven hundred. The goal is seven hundred. Yep. And didn't you lift at the Arnold? Yeah, yeah, I did at the Arnold. Uh, that was where I did the six seventy squat. I uh, only hit my opening bench at three seventy five. I cramped up on my second, but if I got that, I would have tied for first place there. And uh, got a 655 deadlift, so nice. pretty happy with that. And that's on a big stage, folks. A big <laughs> stage. Uh, you got a meet coming up? Yep, this soon weekend. Here? Yep, yep. So I'm uh, gonna be breaking a lot of PRs. I'm opening with a bench PR, so that's why. Yeah, you're opening with over 415. 415 yep. opener at 220 pounds. I I went up a weight class, 242. Oh, so you're 242. Yep. Okay. And I'm not gonna cut weight this time. I cut a lot of weight for the Arnold to make it to 220. So. Was that to qualify, or just because you wanted to? Because I qualified as 220. 220 okay. I had to compete at 220. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I, I actually, it. I do like doing a weight cut. We were talking about this. Yeah. I, uh, this is this is really interesting because when I think of people doing a weight cut, I think of it taking away from their performance. But the way that you described it to me, it really seems like doing the weight cut is part of the prep. For me, it, it really sets my mind right. The first time I never cut weight was my worst meet I've ever done. Every time I cut weight, it's I hit a PR. On were you too too heavy for the class? Uh, no, that was when that was actually the November meet here. Yeah, yeah. I didn't cut weight because mm-hmm. I had just opened my business, right? And I didn't know how that would affect okay you know, running my business. Okay. So I just I came in, I weighed in with my dress clothes. Yes. And weighed in at like two thirty seven. Yeah, you weighed in with the polo on. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and my khakis, mm-hmm. even my dress shoes. So. <laughs> yeah. So just cutting weight for me like really sets my mind right. Um, it really sounds like, like you know how to do it though. 
A lot of folks don't. So. You yeah. want to tell? Yeah, tell I was going to say you had the way that you explained it to me made it seem so simple. So I'm wondering if you could go through that process again. Yeah, so uh, I just do the typical water and salt load. I was going to ask you cut. if it was a water cut. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, that's the biggest thing. Uh, that sheds, you know, quite a bit of weight off of me. Eight percent body fat or uh, body weight total. Yep. About. Um, so you just load up the water and salt for the first three or four days. Of oh, the meat week, is it? Or yeah. Okay. So I weigh in Friday. I start on Sunday. So I do two gallons. The previous Sunday. This past Sunday. Right. The previous so Sunday. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. So I uh, I started two gallons of water and as much salt as I can put on anything. Starting Sunday every Starting day. Starting Sunday. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Two when gallons I, of water. Yep. And anything sodium wise. You yeah. Can, okay. Loaded on soy sauce, hot sauce. Yep. Yep. And that's still Wednesday. Wednesday, you cut the salt out. Okay. But keep the water up. Because that will start flushing. Your body starts to process that so salt out. So you're still at two gallons. Yes. Okay. Thursday, depends how much weight I cut. Right. If I need to cut a lot, I don't drink anything Thursday. Mm -hmm. If I don't have too much, mm -hmm. I drink till noon or 6 p.m. It okay. all depends on how far. Okay. Um, yeah. And then All right. So you're at what? Two? How much you're at? Right, right now, I don't have to cut, really. I'm at 247. I weigh in at 242. 242. Okay. Yeah. So if somebody's listening in... And they did the two gallons and the sodium through Wednesday, yep. and then cut the sodium on Thursday, but kept the uh, two gallons of water till weigh-in day, which would be two, basically two days. Well, day you cut the sodium half. the day before. Just the oh, so so just on Thursday. I cut sodium on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. So Thursday is the day that the body's flushing out all the water. All right. And then what can somebody expect that's way uh, for a weight loss? It depends on how much you weigh. Typically about eight percent. Eight percent. Yeah. Okay. Of whatever your total body weight is. Right. So okay. I use that method to cut from two forty three down to two seventeen. Plus that's, using so a that's sauna. a substantial. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I did the sauna and I do hot baths. Yeah. And then when you yeah. get out, you put on a sauna suit, mm -hmm. and it just makes you sweat a ton. Yeah. So that's my. And then uh, what about calories during this period? I limit, I limit carbs. Limit most, carbs? Uh, late in the week. Okay. About Wednesday. When I cut yeah. the salt, I cut the carbs. Okay. Because that'll help deplete your glycogen stores a little bit. Yeah. And for every gram of carb that you have, you hold four grams of water. Okay. So you cut that out, that'll also help flush out some water. Um, but you don't want to cut it out too early because then you'll be too weak come mm -hmm. meet day. Mm. So every gram of carb equals uh, four grams of water? It'll hold. Hold four much. grams yep. of water. Okay. And so... 28 grams is a pound, right? No, yeah, 28 no. grams is an ounce. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> 16 ounces to a pound. Yeah, 28 grams to an ounce. So that it's that's again it take a lot off to. Yeah. Okay. So, so you mentioned we we introduced you. You have Power Doc. Yep. So explain to us your chiropractor. I am. Um, a good one, by the way. I've had adjustments. <laughs> I I'm really curious about you know whenever I'm just curious to how you got to where you were. Why did you want to you know why did you want to be a chiropractor? Yeah. What was the inspiration for that? So I was exercise physiology in undergrad. Um, and then, you know, I just love looking at biomechanics and the way the body moves and, you know, how things can go wrong and what causes pain and all that stuff. And then, so basically the routes that you can take is physical therapy or chiropractic. And I, I'd never seen chiropractic before. I had no experience with it. So I contacted someone in Portland, shadowed with them a few days. Love what they do, love how they work with their hands, how they rehab people, get them better. I ended up being with her for two years, the rest of my undergrad. Uh, went to grad school, chiropractic, um, in New York Chiropractic College, in the Finger Lakes in New York. Um, did my internship in Buffalo, worked with a lot of D1 athletes. And he also met one of our members, right, Pete, Nicholas? 
Oh yeah, he was my instructor. One for, of my first members. Really? Oh yeah, he's a head of the what the uh, nutrition anatomy program. nutrition program. Yeah, so I'm also doing my master's in nutrition as well, um, and he's one of my professors. And, yeah, and so he he actually knew this guy who was a, one of the original members here. No kidding. Who became the head of that department? He's a great Olympic lifter. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a big guy. He's, he's a big guy, and he can really throw it up overhead. Yeah. So before um, your undergrad degree, what made you want to go? Because a lot of people don't have any idea what they want to do when they go to college. They start off well, I didn't either. Yeah, I business. started out as a pre-med. Okay. Actually. So, um, and then that was, you know, it was kind of like what I wanted, but it wasn't exactly like pinned down, like this is what I want to do. And I wanted more, you know, the sports side. Right. So was there something in high school or prior to that that made you interested in getting into the, whether it's exercise or pre, I mean, it sounds like you're interested in the human body. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. I, uh. I loved anatomy classes. I mean, and that's also another thing that led me to chiropractic. The whole first year, you work with human cadavers. Like, you know really? the body, yeah, inside out, like, completely. Jesus. Every blood vessel, every nerve, you have to know. That is freaky. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. <laughs> so that whole first year, you smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it uh, formaldehyde <laughs> yeah. that they yeah. used to... Uh, so this is your freshman year in undergrad? Was what? No, that was grad school. Okay, yeah, God, no, I'm no, saying no, that's school. one way to chiropractic get people yeah, you get her in, get her out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. No, that's, that's in grad school. That's after I did my bachelor's. And so, did you do? Uh, did you play sports in high school? Yeah, I did uh, soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. Okay. Uh, Three sport athlete. Um, yeah. So you've been athletic, interested in the body for a very long time. Yeah, my entire life I like. played sports. And you're from New York. I'm from Maine. Oh, I thought you were from New York. No, that's where I did my grad school. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. so I lived there for four years, finishing up grad school. I got gotcha. Just moved back. And where, uh, what part of Maine? Uh, Wales. Right okay. Near Lewiston. Okay, okay. Yeah. So not too far. So it's good to be back home. Yeah, absolutely. I bet. <laughs> so you mentioned that you didn't find powerlifting until you were in grad school. Correct, yeah. So, I mean, I was like one of those gym bros just going, hitting... You know, benching biceps every day. Sound familiar? Yeah. Yes. And then I, uh, <laughs> I wanted to start, you know, getting stronger. So I did squats and deadlifts, and my form was awful at that time. Of course. Right. Looking back, you know, As you realize that. Yeah. So I was like, I was getting bored just going to the gym and just lifting. So I was like, I need something to do. And one of my friends was like, do a meet. Like, do something. Mm. So I was like, all right. I signed up for a powerlifting meet. It wasn't too far. It was in Ithaca. It was like a 40-minute drive. Yeah. Yeah. Had my first powerlifting meet experience. I had no clue what to expect. Uh, ended up being like a 12-hour day. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. That is, you know, when I my very first experience to I I went to a powerlifting meet to watch my girlfriend lift before I ever did one, and I could not. I what threw me off the biggest was how long there is between every lift. Yeah. And I mean that was probably I think this was a meet three years ago. And maybe it was a five-hour day. So I can't imagine yeah. a 12-hour day. Yeah, it was about 100 lifters, single Where platform. Where was it? Uh, four years. Oh, one of my meet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we run them fast, though. Yeah, but this was when you had one day. Yep. And it was just, it just took a long time. It yep. wasn't that it took exceptionally long. It's just a lot of lifters. Yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's not, in training, you never squat at 10 and then bench at 1130 no, no. and then deadlift at one like yeah. you just don't train I did, that way i did my last deadlift at 11 o'clock at night and it started at nine in the morning how yeah. many lifters were there 125 yeah see that probably should have been a two-day yeah, yeah absolutely um and it was like that every meet that it was out there in new york um, that's that's kind of throw see that's what sets it back 20 years when they do that so i didn't know what to expect i was kind of really discouraged from that day i wouldn't blame you and i uh i was like you know this probably isn't for me and then i met my fiance and uh 
perfect, in grad school as well. Perfect segue. And Incredible lifter. Yeah. Seriously. So I met her in the gym, actually. She didn't know how to do the leg press machine, so I taught uh-huh. her. And uh, she's very strong. She was strong since the day I met her. I mean, she has really good genetics. And uh, she talked me back into it. And we've been doing meets since. I, uh, this upcoming meet is my 12th meet. Wow. Now, is she from New York? Yes. That, I said some part yeah, of this yeah. right. Yeah, okay. she's from downstate, near the city. So. so you mentioned something when we were talking earlier that I thought was really interesting, where you said that, you know, you're kind of discouraged after your last meet, but when you met uh, your fiancé, yeah. she was, she almost, and she said, well, well let's do another meet. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, oh, shit, I have to now. If, yeah, yeah. If the girl wants to, I got to keep up. Right, yeah. Um, and, I mean, it, it's great just, like, training together, you know, having a, I was training alone that whole first time for my first meet, you know, that makes a big difference too. And then having a train training partner with the same goals as you, mm-hmm. you know, same with, you know, lifting in here with that crew, you know, like-minded individuals elevates your... By the training. way, have a workout here anytime you want. Oh, thanks. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's really cool that your relationship is really, one, rooted in lifting and strength and health. Yeah. But you also, as part of your... You are a co-owner. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah. And um, you co-own your business with your fiance. Yep. So you do. I uh, do the chiropractic side, and she does acupuncture. Acupuncture. Yep. So, if you go on her Facebook, you'll find photos of needles <laughs> in foreheads mm-hmm. and all over the place. And it's acupuncture. Like but so it's not a tattoo shop. <laughs> absolutely okay. not. I, oh, I mean, seeing the photo of the needle sticking out of her nose. Or wherever it was, or I, or wherever it was, I have that gave me the heebie-jeebies worse than like anything I've ever. I like had to turn away, and I have a pretty strong stomach. Yeah. So, I, I just I find that really interesting. Tell me the story about your back again. Yeah. Deadlifting so, and how acupuncture helped that. Yeah. So we did. I believe this was our second meet together. We went down to York in Pennsylvania at the Weightlifting Hall of Fame. Uh, there's a meet there. So it's York Barbell. Yes. I thought you meant York, Maine. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, York, Pennsylvania. Is that the IPA? Yeah. 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 They, could, um, they do good meets. Yeah. So that was pretty much all that was out in New York when mm-hmm. we were out there. Um, so warming up for deadlifts, everything was feeling good. And then something just tweaked and I could not move. I tried rolling it out. Um, nothing helped. I was stuck bent over and like my leg was going numb at that point and you know, were you in chiropractic school? Yeah, time? so I was in grad school at that time, too. You self-diagnosis. Yeah. yeah, so, um, you know, freaking out. I had never been in that much pain before. Mm-hmm. So we go to the ER, you know, get x-rayed, cleared. Uh, so next day I was in clinic, in chiropractic, and it really didn't do anything for me. They tried to tr- treat me, but they were kind of too afraid to touch me. Mm-hmm. So Lauren's like, come to acupuncture. And this was my first experience with it. They did four needles, just two in my hands and two in my feet, and my pain just went away. Like 10 out of 10 to like three out of 10, I could walk normal, everything. So two needles, you had a lower back injury. Yep. And two needles in your hand and your feet. Yep. Fix that. Yeah. That blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, like when you said that just 15 minutes ago when we were talking about it, it changed the way that I thought about acupuncture. Yeah, so they can treat local problems working, you know, distally, like, you know, hands and feet, you don't think the back is right in the middle of those points. Mm-hmm. So they can work, you know, locally by working systemically. Interesting. Yeah. And so both of you guys have, you, you work out of the same office? Yes. In New Gloucester at Pineland Farms. Perfect plug. Yep. What's the name of it? Empower Chiropractic and Acupuncture. That's we have a, uh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, I got your cards on the desk. Up yeah, there. we have a squat rack right in the office. I believe we're the only chiropractor in Maine to do that. We do a lot of, uh, you know, biomechanical ex- assessment. We work a lot with athletes, powerlifters, 
bodybuilders a lot lately. Really? So I was going to ask because we had Melinda Hurd on uh, the la- or a few episodes ago, who is a physical therapist, mm-hmm. and so I was really interested in you know kind of what's your um, and I don't uh, avoiding all HIPAA violations, you know. What is kind of like the common, in- who's your, I guess, who's your common clientele yep. and what's the common injuries that you typically treat? I see a lot of hip issues, hip and shoulder. Um, in especially the young, even in the young folks? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, hip impingement, hip flexor tightness, stuff like that. Um, a lot of shoulder issues. I see a lot of swimmers. Um, bodybuilders, it's back stuff, lats especially. Uh-huh. They always have issues with their lats. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, is that because of overdevelopment of... The chest, or so it could be a number of issues, um, just because of you know they work for hypertrophy. Exactly. Um, so when you look at lats, you have to look at everything in the shoulder because everything works synergistically, right? So the lats you think are opposite to the pecs as well, but they're both internal rotators. So even though they're opposite, they still have similar functions. So you really can't just isolate a muscle. Right. Um, it's uh, it's never going to just be this hurts because of that. Right. It's, so. it's always going to be more complicated yeah, than that. Yeah, you have to look at the whole kinetic chain and everything that's involved. Gotcha. So even so, kind of zooming out from the, you know, the specifics of your business, why it, you, I think it's really impressive that you went undergrad, grad, owning your own business. Yeah. Why did you choose to do that versus trying to get a your own job or, so, or getting a job working for Joe Schmo? Right. So no other chiropractor practices like we I do in Maine, really. Um we, unless you go, you know, really far south, I know a few, um, but, you know, we don't just hook you up on heat, e-stim, and adjust you, like, we do a lot of rehab and muscle work, um, we're very evidence-based, we work on, you know, our treatments are what is proven with, you know, peer-reviewed studies, you know, we use a lot of instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, people know it as Graston, ART, um, is Graston the... Um, That's the metal tool that you see. Right, you're scraping. basically scraping people. Yeah, yeah. so that, that frees up a lot of, you know, muscular adhesions. You know, whenever you work a muscle, you know, it breaks down and tears, mm-hmm. right? So the adhesions are cross bridges between those muscle fibers that don't heal in the correct way, so they can inhibit the way that your muscle contracts. So by breaking that up, you know, these bodybuilders are especially the ones who get it done. They say their pump is insane afterwards. Really? Yeah, because it just frees everything up. You can get a better contraction. Um, in fact, leading up to a meet, I always do Graston on myself. Just free everything up, get a better contraction, get increased blood flow in the area. And so is that something that you typically, when you're doing, I'm sorry, is it Grafton? Graston. Graston with an yes. S. When you're doing this Graston treatment, is that something, on other folks, is that something that's typically for athletes or for general population? Uh, athletes like it a lot, but for general population, it's usually for very acute injuries where they're in a, a crazy acute muscle spasm or very chronic injuries that have been there for a very long time that have a lot of scar Overused. Uh, exactly, yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's two ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, the very acute or the very chronic. You don't really see this, you know, for something kind of minor. This mm-hmm. is a very aggressive technique that's, that's done. Mm-hmm. So you need, you know, a good cause to do it. You just said that you do a lot of things that chiropractors don't often do. I want to talk to you about when I asked. So before before this podcast started, we were chatting a little bit, and I asked Travis, "What are the other podcasts do you like listening to? How about Joe Rogan?" And boom, you were triggered <laughs> pretty fast there, yeah. Because he recently had a what was her name? Cy Babe. Cy Babe, who. They, I mean, they had a very long-winded conversation about why chiropractic is practices are not so beneficial. But I don't, 
<laughs> right, that's what they said. So um, I, I kind of want you to explain kind of almost what they said and rebut that. Right. Um, so basically the way that they were explaining it was the way that is explained in the 1800s when chiropractic first started. And that was more the philosophical side, like you have a bone out of place, let's put it back in and you know, it's pinching on nerves, that's what's going on. And that's not really the case and that's not been proven. And most chiropractors don't practice like that. Like you still have those at the end of the spectrum who are still, you know, that philosophical base that, you know, the subluxation is real, which I hate that word, that should not belong. Oh really? Yeah. That doesn't belong. No. So a subluxation actually means a dislocation. So if you have a subluxation in your spine. It's a serious issue. Exactly. And it's not, you know, the chiropractic subluxation doesn't exist. It's not one one crack away from fixing it. Right. Yeah. No, you got, you need to be in the ER with a, probably a neurosurgeon. With a legit. A neurosurgeon or something. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the philosophy of chiropractic has definitely evolved over time. Um, we don't look at it the way that the 1800s do. You know, imagine if any other area of medicine still... Or science. Yeah. Practice the way that it did in the 1800s. It wouldn't be around. You know, we've evolved. We look at the biomechanics. You know, we have uh, plenty of evidence-based uh, material, peer-reviewed research that backs what we do. And, I mean, you just have to look at it as a biomechanical model and look at the way that the body functions and correct what's wrong, the movement patterns. So that's the biggest difference between what they believe chiropractic is and what it really is. And, and they were trying, I didn't hear it. So they were they, trying to disprove chiropractic. Well, really? yeah. I, I'm surprised Joe Rogan would take part. Well, what's interesting is the way that they were, they were almost discrediting, and I, this is bro science, I know this anatomy and biology is definitely not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. But basically what they were saying is that some chiro, and cor- please correct me if I'm okay. relaying this wrong, but that some chiropractors will basically claim that by fixing you know, by re what did you, what was it? Readjusting. Yeah. By adjusting, by making adjustments, that it'll fix you your CNS and holistically change you. Where it's it really is more localized. Right. I think there is, is the a case. there is a neurological effect that's going on, um, but that's more localized on the spinal cord. I'm not going to get into that because yeah. it, it's just so much easier to look at it. You know, biomechanically. Mm-hmm. You know, if something isn't moving the way it's supposed to move, you need to fix that. Right, but the way that you know some chiropractors say it is, you know, if I adjust you, I can cure your cancer. No, right. right. And some people will say that, and that's basically what Joe Rogan was going off of. And you know, if I adjust you, I can fix your asthma or stuff like this. Yeah, but see, that they're just taking that one little thing and running with it. It's like exactly. fake, it's fake news. It's just <laughs> <laughs> fake news. you know, they were just cherry picking what they they believed yeah. was our profession. Because there's just millions of people that need chiropractic, and it works for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you anything you could do to not take a pill or have to take a shot or add another thing to your prescription list or be laid or, up for a month, yeah, or even yeah, right, anything you could do to fix a problem, yeah, without going to extremes, without surgery, without drugs, is beneficial, right? Like do what the human and they do have their time and place as well, you know, those mm-hmm. types of, th- oh, of interventions, course. right? But uh, if you can get to the bottom it of what's be causing the, last the pain, resort, yeah. Right? If you can get to the bottom of the pain, you know, you can't fix a mechanical issue with a chemical solution, mm-hmm. right? Very well put. You can mask it, right? Exactly. But you're not solution. you're not fixing what's the movement that's causing that right. issue in the first place. So you have low back pain. You take a muscle relaxer. That back pain is going to be there when you get off the muscle you're relaxer just because them. you didn't fix the issue. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. So backpedaling again I'm kind of jumping all over <laughs> the place here um, your girlfriend incredible lifter uh, fiance yeah I'm sorry yep next you definitely we get married next month okay yeah yep. 
Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. That's that's big. Yeah. She's super strong. She's super very strong. strong. I yeah. honestly like could not believe her performance at the last APF meet that she did here at Dynamax. I could have. So what what were her numbers? Because I'll probably get them wrong. Yeah. So she doesn't do a weight cut like I do. So she weighs in what she weighs in. She typically weighs in about 128. So she competes at 132. Sometimes she'll do 123. Um, she has a 350 squat. A 185 bench, and she did a 405 deadlift at the Arnold, but it really should have been like 425. She had to redo it because mm-hmm. it got caught um, on her thigh. Oh, yeah. So we did baby powder on her third attempt. But yeah. instead of making that jump, we did the safe smart. move and just retook hey, it. Again, smart lifting. Yeah, smart lifting. fill the total rather than take that lift. Yeah, you got it. Risk. And then you showed me what you considered one of her most impressive lifts, which is this is crazy 375 by three deadlift. Pause on a stiff bar. On a stiff bar, so like that was a commercial bar. Pause above the floor. Yeah, so I mean, she from the floor. She, right, breaks breaks the floor. Yep. Pauses and then go. Yep. Yeah. So it was a triple body weight, triple pause. Wow. So yeah, yeah she's bonkers. her like her form on sumo is just phenomenal. So dialed in. Yeah. Mm. So she actually started pulling conventional when we first started. She did conventional and she got up to 365 at 123 conventional before we switched her over to sumo. And then what, from there, was it just like it just, through the roof? It, it back. It went back a little bit, but her form was much cleaner. Um, really? So, you know, we, we went back a little bit. It started, I think, 350 at that point. Oh. So 365 done 350, and then it just steadily climbed. And the two of you went to the Arnold together? Yes. Yep. Um, I got third in my weight class. She got second and third overall. So she got second in her weight class. Second to Ellen Stein. I'm going to put that wow. up there. The legend. Uh, the ageless Legend. That's pretty badass. Yeah. I, wow. And then third for the lightweight women. And the reason why I brought up the Arnold again was I think that it's really important for the listeners of this podcast to hear this. Tell me about your experience. I, you did both of you. Obviously, you as we as we heard, your lifting at both of your lifting at the uh, Arnold was very impressive. But the overall experience. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a long travel to begin with. Um, I. Had, I started in Maine, so I, she was still in New York at this point. So it was an eight-hour drive to New York. I stayed with her for a week, did the weight loss process. We went out to uh, Columbus. I continued my weight loss process. That was all-night thing. That was in the sauna all night. But the meet itself, it, I mean, it, it's really hyped up. It wasn't that much different than any other meet. Like I've seen better competition here at an APF meet than mm-hmm. I did at the Arnold. Really? Yeah. For you mean, you mean administrative-wise? Or run-wise? Like, or, um, or athlete-wise? Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I, I could have tied for first at the Arnold, but I've gotten you know, second and third here at an mm-hmm. APF meet before. Mm-hmm. You know, it really depends on who shows up. Just, because you're, just because you're qualified doesn't mean, you know... I think that is just... It, what federation is it? Uh, it's XPC, but you have to go through the RPS to get there. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, I think it's really interesting. I think it's important for people to hear that just because it has been branded... Right, the Arnold. Yeah, like you've made it to the Arnold. That's not like, obviously, it is impressive, but it's almost like it. Almost, it sounds the title is the biggest part of the thing. right. And I mean, even this the stage was cool because just because it was so elevated above everybody else, mm-hmm. but there wasn't that many people in the audience mm-hmm. itself. You know, I think you know, I don't like elevated stage for powerlifting. Yeah, I like people near me. And just going up to the squat rack, there was a ramp. So if you walked it out, with your you're yeah. you're falling. You oh. can't walk it out there because there was That's a ramp. Really? Yeah. And the carpeting, I mean, it was really soft. But and you, did you have to go up the ramp to get there? Yeah. With your so knee wraps with your on? knee wraps on, you had to so waddle up the ramp. So you're breaking your wrap. Yeah, close to it. I mean, it happened a few times. A few people timed out just because they couldn't get up. Interesting. Yeah. So, no I mean, kidding. 
I, I'm really happy I went, had right. that experience, but I don't. I mean, I qualified to go again, but I don't think that I will. Just because you've you've done it once and yeah, I don't mean to. I don't want to sound bitter, but I'm you know. I just don't think I, I would do that meet again. The travel and everything just wasn't worth Very interesting. That. How about the expo? I didn't even make it. Really? You didn't yeah, go? so me and Lauren competed on different days. Um, oh. Yeah, so I was on Saturday. She was on Sunday. Um, she was, they basically separated to elite and pro day, which really, it was just two different qualifying totals. Mm-hmm. So I was on the lower end. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on the higher end. She was the highest qualifying total. Um, that was a really impressive day to watch. There were some 148 women pulling 600 pounds, 165 or squatting and pulling over six, benching three. You know, Janine Whitaker, Eva mm-hmm. Dunbar. I mean, it was it was a very impressive day to watch. But no, we didn't even make it to the convention. We were just too busy with the power. And yeah. it's, it's only two days? Yeah, it was uh, Saturday, Sunday. So when you get, I'm just curious about the logistics because I've, yeah. I've never really considered it. When you, you get the you get the qualifying total, right? What's do they send you an email saying you're invited? No, they open up registration and then you send in say I hit a qualifying total. I would like to compete here. Okay, and from there they send you stuff that is like it's yes, first come first serve. Oh, yeah. So oh. it's not even like elite like the U.S. Open, you know, where you you qualify. You got to get in the first, second, invite. or third for for. Um, if you want to go to nationals with us, you got to come in first, second, or third. Right. Basically, if you want to go to worlds, you got to come in first, second, or third at the yeah. nationals. Right. This was you just had to hit a total and say you wanted to go to this meet. It doesn't and seem right, does it? Right. Yeah. To be something like the Arnold, you would think it'd be you know more elitist. You know. Yeah, I think I, I thought it was. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're informing Where me now. Where they would uh, take you know, I thought that they would take you know the pool of two twenties like mm-hmm. for me and pick the top out of that. The top three totals. Maybe. Exactly. That's what I thought it would be, but it was it was first come first serve. I'm very surprised at this. So you you go and you submit. Yep. When they say registration is open, you just send it in. You submit your payment. And you're in. So you obviously had to pay to get in. Was it any yep. mo- was it more expensive than exponentially more expensive? Was it about in the same ballpark? The typical meet around a seventy little. to hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, it was about there. Gotcha. And obviously you had to pay for a hotel. Yep. You had to pay for travel. Yep. And everything else. Right. So in the end, I mean, if I can find a you know, a local meet like what Maddie runs, you know, that has just as good competition. I'm not going to travel 15 hours to Columbus. And spend damn near a thousand bucks right. to compete at a, a meet with a hmm. fancy title. Exactly. Very interesting. I think that that, because I, I know a lot of people want to get there because yeah. you think that it's, oh, I got it to the Arnold. Right, like that's the destination. Well, that's where I was till I walked in this door. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't, now I know the difference. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, like everyone always, you know, that's the destination. That yeah. was mine for a while too, you know, and now that I did it, it's like, all right, what's next? Yeah. Kind of thing. So what is next? Building my total. Building the total. Yeah. What's the goal? What are you at now? Uh, I mean, I, could add I hit 1,700 at 220, um, but now that I moved up a weight class, I mean, my bench is going to go up a lot. It already has. It's gone up about 50 pounds since the Arnold. But that's wow. that was just with my opener, yeah. considering going to that total, I missed my second. Um, so who knows? The goal is, um, you know, anything over 1,100 for this push-pull. Which raw is pretty crazy, I think. To break to break a grand in a push pull for a total is pretty damn impressive, yeah. in my opinion. I think that is. I mean, I was doing the math I, at first. I was thinking, well, maybe I'll try to do that. I'm doing the math. And I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I gotta pump the brakes here. So we were actually talking. My first meet, I had totaled 1065. So ultimately, the goal is the subtotal more than I told my very first meet. So you'll get more without squatting. Exactly. And you mentioned it. And squat is my best lift. Right. So 
Speaking of squat being your best lift, I've seen you do some crazy uh, Hatfield squats. Yep. I think that's a really interesting variation of it. And I think in every video of you doing that, you're lifting with your dad. Yeah, yeah. So my dad's a competitor too. He yeah. got into it uh, watching me and Lauren. And then uh, he's I mean, strong. Yeah, he's uh, 60 years old. He pulls over four, 400 now. He uh, benches close to three. He squats mid threes, almost four. So. Yeah. I just think that it's such a cool dynamic to have that with your dad. I think you know? it's, it's yeah. not like you're going to the bar with them, or it's not like you got a restaurant yeah. that you guys like hitting. Yeah, yeah. You go to the gym. Yeah, it's a family thing, a whole family affair. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. And you mentioned that Lauren is just about, or your fiance Lauren is just about stronger than your dad. Yeah, the only thing he beats her on his bench. <laughs> well, he's got a 30 year handicap. Yeah. Or no, probably more. 35. Yeah. Either way, I think it's pretty funny when the uh, the fiance outlifts the dad. I yeah. think that that's just, I think that's very interesting. Now, but is it is this Doctor Fred Hatfield squats? Is yes. that what we're talking about? Yep. What is it? I, I so it's with the safety bar squat. Yeah. Um, well, the safety bar and you yep. hold a in front of you. So oh, as you sure. squat, you yeah. use lats yeah. and triceps to okay. help you out. Yeah. So it's it's a nice little overload. I like doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, before a big squat. Yeah, we train with that a lot. Yeah. So just quickly back on lifting with your dad yep. um has that like changed your relationship with him have you guys like you feel like it's closer or do you ever feel like man i just wish it was lauren and i in the gym today but i got my dad here or well both both but we were always close like all through my sports he was you know at every game pretty much every practice you know we've always been close so you know this is just you know a continuation of that but you know, it's sometimes it's nice to just have me and Lauren in the gym because you know he's a he's a talkative guy. Mm -hmm. Me and her like I've to get the business. To him many times. Yeah, yeah. So, so me and Lauren like to get the business, and you know when we're in the gym, we're there to lift. And you know sometimes days it's nice to talk, but also you know sometimes, sometimes we just gotta, gotta put our head down. down. Yeah, buckle down and, and get, get out. It. Yeah, get in, get out. So. You mostly lift with just you. You said your click is kind of just Lauren and your dad. It's basically who you, mo your main lifting partners are. Mostly, yeah. We also lift, you know, with the crew at LA once in a while, but our schedule doesn't really allow for that too often. So one thing that we, we as before we got on the mic, that I found absolutely fascinating is your um, your approach on gym stimulus and how right. you incorporate that into your training. Right. So I pretty much try to get zero external stimulus in my training. Um, I like. You know, pretty low music. I don't use ammonia or anything like that in training because come meet day, that's all extra boost that it's going to give you, that extra adrenaline. I find that the training without music or like kind of who cares what the music is right. is very interesting because, well, it. I've gotten into a routine now that once the guys are here, we've got death metal going. Yeah. And it's it's loud, and when you're we're yelling at each other. And, you know, and ammonia gets broken out all the time in mid-training. But I really am curious, like, I, I want to try it now, yeah. is removing the stimulus or limiting the stimulus, limiting the control of the stimulus. Right. Because you, what if, yeah, maybe the next meet you do is in uh, Arkansas, and they're playing hillbilly music. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the music shouldn't be, you know, a no determinant factor on whether, so. whether you make the lift or not. So, like, I like to always pull my openers, um, and I like to do that with... You know, pretty much on a crappy day after a long day at the office. You know, um, you know, not much carbs in me, not too much energy, no ammonia, you know, no music. So if I can hit my opener on, you know, a really crappy on a day, bad day, yeah, it's gonna fly on meat day. Right, on the meat day when you are primed and ready to yeah, go. Yeah, all that adrenaline going, you know, it just saves that much more come meat day, especially with the ammonia. You know, I used to do it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, 
pretty much every training session, you know, every time I get up to a heavy weight, I'd hit the ammonia, and then it just stops having an effect on you. Right. It's just, uh... It's, just, it's like, almost like a clutch that you need to finish the lift. Yeah. So I try to, you know, take things out. Or it's not the, or if it's almost a uh, placebo. I think, you know, like, oh, I got to do this. You know, like, uh, I did a, I had a pretty half-ass workout today coming, I got a little tweak back, but I was chalking my hands for squats. Yeah. I don't really know why I do that, but I do it. It's just part of right. the routine. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea of like you're intentionally ruining, you're throwing yourself out of your routine to see how well can I perform and how bad of a condition. Right. Yeah. So if you can train and you know do well under suboptimal conditions, you know, train for chaos kind of thing. Ah, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. So. One uh, uh, segment that Maddie and I like to have on the show, I'm putting you on the spot right now, right. by the way. A segment that we like to have on the show is the exercise of the week. Yeah. Um, this is something Maddie usually typically comes up with. I'd kind of like to, if you could give a recommendation to an exercise that people probably don't typically do, what would it be? Other right. than the Hadfield squat, because we already gave right. that Yeah, right. I do like those a lot. Um, beltless snatch grip deadlifts. That will build your back like crazy. Really? Yeah, and if you struggle off the floor on conventional deadlifts, that'll help you a lot because it puts you at a deficit because your hands are wider. You're the increasing your range of motion. Yeah, and you're also having your hands wider. It makes your back need to be that much tighter. Why uh, just why beltless? Because you're makes your back stronger. You gotta yeah. brace harder and yeah, it just it strengthens your whole core. Really. So how how wide? So snatch grip for those who don't know is basically you're going beyond. Uh, I say index fingers past the rings. Yeah, yeah. Basically, going they well, probably aren't rings on deadlift bars, but you're almost going with your hand on the the uh, outside face of your hand on the beginning of the collar. Nearly is that how Close wide you go? Uh, I do index on the ring. Index on the ring. A little bit wider than the ring. Yeah. How does that compare, to, like your bench grip? Just for uh, bench grip, I do my middle finger on the ring. So you go wider than your bench grip for the deadlifts. Yeah. And what like weight and rep scheme would you use for this? So. I've done it, you know, up to 585 for triples, beltless. Um, I've done 545, 5x5s. Five you know, it really all depends. You have to really build up because if you, you know, if you just jump right into it, what you would normally do for a deadlift, it's not going to work. It's not going to move. That was you may want to qualify for the folks. That, that means it's basically both hands over. Yeah. So I don't know if people pick up on that. Right. It's oh yeah, double, you can't do it over. No, you it's can't gotta, do, yeah. So folks, it's it's double overhand grip. He's talking about. I do I do straps. Whatever, but yeah. they still got to both be over. Oh yeah, okay. yeah you definitely, So I yeah, just want to qualify yeah, that. Yeah, I guess being snatch grip almost insinuates having uh, double. That might not mean anything to anybody. Though. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, see, this is a powerlifting, uh, and I didn't know what a snatch was until CrossFit came to be. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot heavier than I expected, to be honest. What does that work out to be? Like eighty percent, eighty seventy-five. I don't know the percentage. Okay. <laughs> It's something, but it, it, it's it took me a long time to get up there. I mean, that I always struggled off the floor with conventional, and this is what really has brought it up a lot. Just because it is from a deficit, and it strengthens your back a lot. So it's kind of like a two-in-one kind of movement. Are you calling it a deficit because of the wide grip, or are you standing, are you standing on something? No, because oh. of the wide grip. It okay. increases right. your range of motion. Okay. Yeah. And, like, how frequently will you throw these into your training regimen? Maybe once a month. Okay. Once every other. As a deadlift accessory? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I normally do, you know, my conventional deadlift, and then I do, you know, my weak point one, the next one, whether it's lockout, I do blocks or off the floor, you know, de uh, deficit, and then this might be, you know, a secondary accessory, or I might switch it out with one of those one week. 
it's not something I do very, very often. Right, it's got to be. Super it's very taxing. taxing. Yeah, absolutely. And most of the time, you do this with straps because you're not so, you're not concerned about your grip. Right, and I mean, going that wide, it's it's really hard to grip with heavy weight that you. I got to imagine. Complete, yeah. So. Man, I almost think that even putting the straps on that far away is going to be tricky. It's a little tough, especially <laughs> if you have you know tight hamstrings, tight hips. Yeah. It can be it can be a little tough to get into that. Yeah, it's position. like you almost got to start like with your belly on the ground and then slowly work your <laughs> way. <laughs> Betty, is that something that you've ever done? I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of almost a Romanian deadlift, but a full deadlift. Right. right. So yeah. Do you think that I'm just thinking out loud here? Do you think you could do? Uh, do you think that only works conventional? You can't do that with sumo. Right. You can't do snatch grip sumo. Because your hands are going to be inside your legs. Yeah. Oh, duh. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, if you did the, you do like the weird modified strongman Eddie Cone style. Exactly. Hybrid. Um, that, no, that's interesting, and I think you know, getting it off the floor for me has always been a challenge. That that is the challenge. I think I think I am gonna give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't see you have any problem getting it off the floor. I didn't have any problem getting it off the floor uh, this past. Uh, this past me, I feel like I, sh- I have to share the story. So <laughs> I know where you're going. I uh, I competed in a APF push pull event here at Dynamax this uh, past Saturday, August fifth, and it was a little it was a learning uh, experience for me. I had to greatly reduce my arch on bench. I was having problems with my butt coming off, and I also was benching flat footed completely, so I could really drive through my heels. So in the past, I was really wrenching my feet back close to my shoulders so creating a big arch reducing my range of motion I kind of decompressed the spring if you will for this meet because I wanted I was really concerned of getting a bench um, so the benching went all right and then I got onto deadlift which I, I was I was looking forward to I was going for about a uh, what was it a 14 pound PR or something like that I think so and I got uh, I did 517 or something flew right up 562 I almost got caught with a little um, bar whip but I was able to keep it going and then I got to my final attempt which was 574 I think it works out I think it's 260 kilos is what it was Um, and so I'm a sumo deadlifter and I am I I would consider that I'm pretty strong above the knee like locking it out has never been an issue for me so and part of what that is is glute engagement you know what I (laughs) literally I, I cue that I've told people is you want to you want to pinch the poop at the top of a squat or a deadlift so you cut it off so what I had the issue that I had was when I got the bar to just under my knee a code brown <laughs> full-blown code brown I I, I I shit myself and I had to engage my glutes to prevent myself from shitting anymore and I couldn't lock out the deadlift and it was a bummer, and my biggest regret is not committing to just fully shitting myself <laughs> and locking it out. I would have gotten it. Uh, it the spotters yeah, wouldn't have been too happy. But. The spotters wouldn't have been happy. <laughs> the guys over at the car place definitely would not have been very happy. You wouldn't have been happy. Um, either way, I thought, you know, I think I finally reached the point that I, I'm lifting heavy enough that it caused me to shit myself. So that, in a weird way, I'm going to call that a PR. Yeah. It's a it's a life experience PR. Yeah, hey, it moved. It, I know, and it's breaking the ground and not locking it out. Yeah. It's just like devastating. But not no, don't be. Yeah, I, it's, I'm hard on myself though. So use that as a. I mean, use that as a good day. Yeah, I, I had a good day, and like I said, it, it was it was a great experience. And 
I, I'm very happy with how it went. So, I think, you know, we're getting around the uh, 45 minute mark. I gotta ask, and I, I'm, I'm kind of ripping off a popular powerlifting podcast by getting into this. Have you ever shit yourself lifting? I have not, no. I've come close to vomiting a lot. Really? Just from deadlift, if I have a you know a lot of fluids beforehand or anything like that, mm-hmm. I gotta really be careful before deadlifts because I just build up so much intra-abdominal pressure. Yeah, you so, just get queasy. No, it's just it's, it's coming up. Nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. You squeeze it so hard, it's just gonna go up. Um, so it happens quite a bit, and you know quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. Um, you know, so it's, it's been adapting. You know, you gotta be careful because you want that fuel to deadlift, but you know you also don't want to vomit everywhere. Of course. What about you, Maddie? Uh, no, I've never had, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, we got a great story of a, a lifter that I'm hoping to get on here, where he actually made a mess on the back spotter shoe while squatting, and that was uh, Mr. Monique. I have heard that story, but I wasn't. I don't think I was here. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I, I feel bad for whoever was here. So that's the uh, the gentleman you hear on the intro. That's who is responsible for that. So. I guess kind of as a, as a real final thing, something I'd like to finish off with. Something that you've learned in the last few years that you think everybody should know. In terms of powerlifting or what? Whatever. Something <laughs> that you find very important that you've learned, whether it's nutrition, life, powerlifting, gym, culture, relationships. What's oh, something that you've learned in the last recent, in the last few years that you think that you wish that more people were aware of. I mean, I know this is a tough every, question. Yeah, but. like everything isn't linear. Like it comes in terms of strength. You know, you're gonna have ups and downs, especially with meats. Uh, you know, you're gonna have really good meats. You're gonna have really bad meats. You know, that's gonna happen in your personal life. You're gonna have ups and downs. You know, business. You know, I have really you know packed months on my schedule, and then you know some not so much. You know, everything's gonna come and go, and it's just you know finding that middle ground that. And then slowly making gains, you know, in that as long as the average is going up, I sure. guess that's the. Uh, the yeah, angle. I guess I like to think of you know things obviously aren't linear, but I almost like to think of it as uh, for the nerds out there, a sine wave that's slowly growing. Right, up. as long as the you know the progression is up. Right, overall. as long as the 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 next wave is bigger than the previous wave. That's right. And whatever it takes to get there. I right? just any improvement. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when I first started, I you know I used the. I would joke that, you know, I can curl thirties this week. Next week, I'm going to try to be able to curl thirty five. There's an improvement. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe I'm going to try to. Just you know, feel better about being to be more confident. You know, at, yeah. when I was a newbie, you know, maybe I just I'll try a new machine yeah. for the first time. And or that exercise. is exercise. Exactly yeah. right. So, thanks again. For being on here, where can we uh, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram at the Power Doc, and my business is Empower Cairo Acu. Uh, yes. Phone which, number nine two six one three seven five two zero seven area code for mm-hmm. those not in Maine. Do you take walk-ins? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There you go, folks. And you yeah. take insurance? I do not take insurance um, because of those reasons. Because um, he takes walk-ins. I take walk-ins, but also because we are more sports-oriented. Right, if I take insurance, the they would not reimburse that, so it would be more expensive out-of-pocket. So right. in order to keep my rates low, I don't take insurance. That's good Smart. to know. That's good. It's good for people to understand who may be seeking your services. Right. And so when we call that phone number, I could schedule a chiropractic appointment. Acupuncture. Acupuncture. You can schedule online also on our website, empowerchiroacu.com. You okay. can book online either one of those. For, Ac- for appointments? Yep. You hear right. that, everybody? 
Chiropractic. Is your man. Chiropractic. I've got a, one question. Yeah. Do you suppose after all these years, my uh, lumbar, maybe two, three, and four, could be fused on their own? It could be. Yeah, you can get a bony. Because they just they don't want to adjust anymore. Yeah. So that's probably what's happening. Yeah. So the disc can basically get replaced with bone. So, okay. Uh, in order to stabilize. There's not much pain. It's just. Right. I can't get any movement at a at a treatment. Yeah. So. And uh, I can't really lock up my hips. Yeah. So for it's probably squat. just a degenerative joint disease. It, it gets yeah. replaced with bone, and you know they just get connected. Pretty well solid. Yeah. But it's just not going to move. Right. So that's a possibility. Yeah, I, th- I think. Okay, thank you. Yeah, especially with you know that'll be five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know repetition of injuries, stuff like that will yeah. accumulate. You that's know, having a lot of weight on your back is very impressive. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Yeah, squatting over seven hundred for however. That's what years. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes sense that over time those things are bound to bound. They're just. I think they're all kind of one now. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having Look me. Look them Thanks, up bud. on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, check out if if you're not interested in the chiropractic services, look at what this guy's lifting. Check out what his fiance is lifting. Get fired up about that. It's good stuff. And go get a treatment. And get a treatment too. I think I'm honestly going to be reaching out to you pretty soon. Yeah. I've got some. I'm actually going to reach out to you right now. Can we do a quick thoracic <laughs> <laughs> like you've done for me before? Would you? I can't say that. Oh, all right. No, never mind. I don't want one. <laughs> all right. So until next time, thank you for pay- for uh, tuning in. Look us up on iTunes, uh, the Dynamax Podcast, Dynamax One Word. Find us on SoundCloud, the Dynamax Dynamax Podcast. Be sure to share and leave us a five-star review on the iTunes. uh, On iTunes, it really helps other people find this podcast and helps us grow. Thank you for thanks again. Start planning for November, folks. Start planning for November. That's my next full meet. All right. Forward to it. Start. We'll have a date for you soon and entries a little later. Yeah. In the meantime, check out the Dynamax website. Absolutely. And see you next week. Good night, everybody.